Hey everyone, welcome back to Lisa at the Edge. In this episode, I am joined by an awesome friend and colleague, Mike Lemia. Mike shares with us his career story. A born technologist, there is nothing else that Mike could imagine himself doing. Although one role and a terribly managed server room almost made him consider it. But VMware and virtualization saved the day and he stayed with the industry. Mike now works in technical marketing at Dell Technologies, focused on Azure Stack and loves to make tech real for our customers. We also discuss setting some goals for 2021 and I get a special commitment from Mike. So have you thought about your 2021 goals yet? Let me know. Enjoy. Mike, Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Lisa at the Edge podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I know, check us looking all festive. Um, and so actually, we'll, we'll get you to, to just show off your uh, festive tie. Actually, let's do that yeah. first. Okay. Yep. I got, I, I only dress up for Lisa at the edge. I'll have okay. you. Know. I, I, would, uh, I would never do this for any other audience or anybody else. But uh, oh, yes, I, my, I, I, I got my snow snowman, and then I have uh, special crazy dog socks. Either and and this is just me in my home alone. So I I, I went all out. Um, so just for, for those who are maybe just listening, um, Mike has a, tie, a Christmas tie on with penguins and snowmen, and he's also got some sausage dog socks, and I think they are also have Christmas hats on them. <laughs> and then I've got my um, tree rex Christmas jumper on, so it's a T-Rex, uh, dressed like a Christmas tree. And uh, I've also added some snowflakes to my, uh, my headband today, because this is and actually- your, your room is awesome. Yeah, so I've got, yeah, do you know, I don't have my Christmas tree up yet, which is so unlike me, but my office is like super festive. Um, <laughs> but this, I appreciate the effort you've gone to because this is actually the last Lisa Edge, Lisa at the Edge episode of the year. Woohoo! Good, so, good riddance 2020. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, absolutely. This is episode 25, which is crazy. Um, and I am super happy to have you here. So I'll get you to introduce yourself in a minute. But um, the plan for today, if it's okay with you, is I want us, I want you to share with us um, how you got into tech um, and your career path so far and uh, taking us to your role now as technical marketing at Dell. Um, share some tips from your, your career path. Um, and then let's get stuck into what is technical marketing? Like, what even is that? Um, you do such cool stuff um, for Azure Stack. And I can't wait to, to just talk about that a little bit more with you. So if that sounds like a good plan to you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So, Mike, I'll let you you go ahead and introduce yourself first. And then we'll get, we'll get stuck right into how did you get into IT? Awesome. First, let me say I am thrilled <laughs> to be here. Uh, you know, and th- this this is just great. The work that you've been doing with uh, Lisa at the Edge is just awesome for the community. Uh, I'm Mike Lamia, and uh, I, I work on the uh, Azure Stack technical marketing team at uh, Dell Technologies. And uh, you know, like you said, 
uh, we'll dig into what all that entails a little later. Yeah. But, uh, and I've been with Dell uh, about 10 years and uh, overall in the industry about 25. So, uh, so there's a lot to get stuck into. And actually you have, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, have um, you have a really interesting story about uh, when, you, when you got uh, a, a call about joining Dell as well. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later because I, lo- I love that story. Um, okay, so how did it all start for you? You know, some of my other guests, um, I think, you know, they've all had different ways that they've come into tech. And some have been uh, more the traditional route and they've always wanted to do tech and others have sort of fallen into it. So which bucket do you sit within? How did, how did it all start for you? Yes, I mean, I, I use the term with myself, born technologist. Um, so um, uh, when I was just a small boy, how, how do you say it in uh, a, a Scottish language? Uh, a wee lad? A wee lad, a wee laddie. <laughs> a wee laddie, um, sixth grade, elementary school and sixth grade. Uh, my mathematics teacher uh, brought out, and I can I can never remember at this point. She brought out either a Commodore sixty four mm-hmm. or an IBM PC XT. Right. And nobody had ever really, you know, seen this kind of thing. And she says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing something different." Um, uh, on this computer, we're going to learn how to uh, first, you know, just type, just keyboard. Yeah. And then I'd also like to teach you the basic programming language. So that was, you know, a, an early on language. Um, and I'll tell you, from the minute my fingers hit the keyboard, that was it. I, I never wanted to do anything else. And except for one instance that I'll talk about later where I considered maybe doing something different from technology I've never yeah never thought about anything else (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing I love it a born technologist right yep I I that's that's the way I see myself I just always have loved technology so I mean in in my school schooling uh uh, went to university graduated with a uh, management information systems degree um, and then my first gig uh, in the real world was about 20, 25 years ago. Um, I, I got hired in the RMA department at a uh, computer parts wholesaler. Okay. And um, RMA is uh, Return Merchandise Authorization for those who don't know. So my job was, uh, and it fit my personality just perfectly back then. I, I was kind of a jerk. Uh, I, I loved <laughs> to prove people wrong. I lived <laughs> to prove people wrong. And so so we would sell components, motherboards, video cards, uh, yep. uh, uh, sound sound cards, etc. to resellers and retailers. And then mm-hmm. if they felt that the component was defective, they would bring it in and I would put it on the test bench to yep. determine uh, whether they so, were right or wrong. So you you like to get it working so that you uh, can say, this is not the motherboard. This is a user error. <laughs> oh, man. D- declaring user error. It just, my day was made. 
I, you know, I'd see it work and I'd say, hey, hey, come here a second. You know, hey, look at that. It's actually working. You're wrong. That's like the <laughs> take classic. This, take this that's, back and love it. That's like the classic. Um, I actually seen a sticker of this phrase recently um, from a website called, um, it's called Pimp Your Device, actually. So shout out to them. They do very cool, very cool stickers. But it's called, it's a sticker and it says, um, it works on my machine. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's I, I the mean, equivalent of that, basically. It works for me. I can get it to work. <laughs> I, how about it? it? It's And it's kind of that stereotypical, what was, there was that Saturday Night Live skit too, where uh, the desktop support guy would come up and they'd say, oh, something's wrong. And he'd say, move. You know, and he'd sit down and fix it, you know, and kind of be like, you know, well, how could you be so stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, I, I think I've matured since yeah, then. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. Gro- grown, I, I would definitely say that you've, you've grown out of that, Mike. But that is, oh, that's that is hilarious. So where, <laughs> where, did, where did you go to next after that? Okay, so yeah, I built, I mean, I, I built custom PCs for them uh, too for a while. I went into phone and desktop support. Um, Then I got to, you know, my first real backend infrastructure administration role doing uh, a server administration for a large Novell environment. Uh, Be interesting to see, take take a survey. Yeah. Who all is watching remembers Novell. This was back in the uh, uh, four uh, forex days, um, so it I'm, was administering. That I'm positive that a university they use Novell. I'm sure I used that for like email or something. I'm sure. I'm sure when I was at university that was kicking around. Yep. They they had yeah the old groupwise package. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. What you use there's still some of it floating around out there but um yeah unfortunately they um as we say over here it kind of went to the way of the dodo bird <laughs> and uh, uh uh didn't didn't quite um make it for the long haul but it was it was a lot of fun i learned a lot then here's a, mi- a milestone moment came uh-huh. i ended up at a, another large global organization doing um, server network administration and engineering. And uh, I'll tell you, I I walked in and this environment was a disaster. I I mean, I kid you not, servers weren't even uh, mounted right in the racks. They were falling out of the racks. Wow. Some hadn't been uh, upgraded or, or cared and fed for, for for years, some seven, eight, nine years. Wow. Um, and of course, I was doing a pager support. Anybody remember pagers? Oh, um, you remember a little, little pager, annoying. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it was just constant issues. Um, and, and, you know, getting called in the middle of the page, the middle of the night and stuff like that. That was the first time ever that I was like, I, maybe I should do something other than tech. Wow. So it was that bad, that bad an environment that made you think. Is I was traumatized. Where, is, yeah. Is this where I want to be? <laughs> be fair, even hearing you describe like the rack and the server's not, um, 
being murdered properly and stuff, um, that that stresses me out. I have a thing for um, it's really strange. I work, I so I love the clouds, right? But I have a thing for like data center management, honestly. So when I used to go to like the um, there's a, a cloud expo show in the UK in London, and half of it, it half of it is is cloud, but the other side of the hall is for data centers. So all the vendors come and show off their um, kit, right? So there's like generators and all these like different kill stuff. I used to always go and take a trip to the data center side because I absolutely loved all the um, beautiful cable management setups and um, just how amazing it all looked. And I was like, so organized, so neat and tidy. I loved it. So just hearing you describe the racks, I tell you that. That and the fact that we consider that art, Lisa, does not make us weird. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think that makes us, uh, you know, uh, adorable and unique. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. And just, and, and uh, clean and pristine, even just across the board with the systems management front yep, and yep. make you know, everything is properly monitored um and, and such you know all of that was missing right yeah um so what, what so, did you stay there what turned it around for you yes oh uh, yeah so i mean i'm telling you it's like one of those uh epiphany you know moments of clarity uh i discovered vmware esx server um, and Not at that. the time, it was at version uh, 1.5. Okay. And I, I mean, I was just blown away. You mean, you know, you can take a server and it's virtual. And then when you want to do maintenance on the physical box, I can just migrate it over to another box without, without any downtime, perform my maintenance. Nobody's, nobody's you know, none the wiser. Yeah. I mean, all of those virtualization concepts were just, were just mind boggling. Yeah. And so I, uh, and my, uh, partners in crime at that time, you know, on the, on the team, we just, we went crazy with it, researching and everything. And then it, at, at the 2.0 mark, that's when, you know, uh, ESX really became production ready. And I mean, we virtualized everything in sight. If I could have virtualized my refrigerator, I had to virtualize that. I mean, I remember we would we would be uh, hauling out racks of crappy servers uh-huh. um, out of the data center as as we virtualized them, and people would be like, "Have we shut down the data center? What? <laughs> we're like we're like carting out you know these big stacks of like ten servers at a time, you know, taking them yeah. to the dumpster, you know." And managers are like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> like, we virtualized it, man. Don't you get it? <laughs> it was hard for people to wrap their, yeah. their minds around the concept, you know? Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it is a difficult concept to wrap your head around. I mean, I remember when um, I was just getting into IT um, and I had 
thankfully to great engineers and the, who then became friends who sat down with me you know used to whiteboard like a compute storage networking and then hypervisor and virtualization and, and all that kind of stuff and I really uh need that sort of visual um to understand things um like a concept so so I've got that in my head and I understand that now it's like with containers um I still I get it but it doesn't, I don't fully get it until I see, and I've seen a good few slides on it now uh, because everyone's gone container daft. Um, but there's they, they some really nice visuals now to explain what is a container as opposed to like a virtual machine. And I need that, I need that visualization uh, to help me better understand things, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that seeing the IT department uh, <laughs> hauling lots of servers outside of the data center and then you telling everyone that you'd virtualize stuff they were probably like what the hell is going on you're absolutely right a picture speaks a thousand words and um but boy it just luckily you know the managers had faith in what we yeah. were doing and yeah. they saw that it was rock solid stable in fact we had you know that the, the number of support cases were decreasing exponentially so they yeah. saw the fruits of it yeah but at first of course they were scared to death and like does this really work you know is this is this ready for prime time yeah yeah uh, so it was just uh, and by the way i'll say one of the er i i went to the very first vmware VM World, the oh, very wow. first one, yeah. and um, actually the first couple, couple two or three, and I remember the greatest speaker I'd ever heard in my life. One of the uh, uh, co-founders of VMware, Mendel Rosenblum. If anybody ever gets a chance to search for Mendel Rosenblum online and hear his old VMware, uh, VM World keynotes yeah i'm telling you it'll be worth your worth your while oh, i'm gonna first of all that is such a cool name <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah like that's that is such a cool name um i'm gonna google that after this you you won't regret it yeah. everybody he he was just such a um an, a, a brilliant scientist and technologist and he would talk about even at the very first VM world, everybody's already, their minds are already blown yeah. by this virtualization and the possibilities. And then he'd come and he'd be talking about what they were researching, you know, two, three major releases ahead. Yeah. And people just be like chins on the ground, like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Side note. So, so, um, so virtualization and VMware, uh, were the, the miracle moment that you were like, no, I definitely want to, to stay in IT and I want to be a part of this. Um, and then where did you, what happened next? Uh, so the, the story you've been the, the, <laughs> the Dell, the Dell uh, story. Oh, yes, yes. So um, at one point I was, uh, I, I was working uh in a gig, it was not that same one. 
and uh, a hiring manager from Dell, the Heritage Dell organization called, um, this over 10 years ago, and um, uh, his name was Noam. And, uh, you know, he was saying that, uh, you know, look, looking for um, looking for some uh, resources, you know, and I got the call and I remember thinking, Dell, <laughs> why would I ever want to work for Dell? I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 my only experience with Dell at that time is obviously laptops, desktops, but then early, early versions of PowerEdge Server, like going back Gen, Gen 6, 7, you know, and um, I didn't exactly have the greatest experience uh, back back in the early days. So I was just like, why on earth would I want to do this? Yeah. But then he talked to me about that, that Adele was opening up these solution centers okay. um, all over the world where, and, and that they were experiential uh, test labs, if you will, where customers could come and get their hands on uh the, the technologies and, and my job would be to set up proof of concept environments and to demonstrate uh, the capabilities in the portfolio and stuff like that and, and present to customers. And some of that was like, oh, that, that sounds kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but, but then what sold it also was, you know, Noam had educated me on, you know, what was all in the Dell portfolio. I had no idea Dell did so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I was being asked to be a subject matter expert of was, you know, a lot, it was called um, um, AIM. There were, the, it was an early systems management tool, one of the earlier systems management tools in Dell Toolbox and um, sounded cool. And so, yeah, I came on board and, and joined up at the Chicago site and became the, the lead there and, and was there for about six years. Wow. And did, did you enjoy your time in the, the solution centers? Oh, no doubt. Oh, incredible. I yeah. mean, just, uh, um, you know, got to play with all the latest and greatest uh, toys, got, got in front of, just, you know, hundreds of customers, just super brilliant people, both on the customer side and that, that I work with, you know, throughout the solution center. Yeah. Um, so it was just a, a fantastic experience. Then, um, so during that time, yeah. Uh, everybody knew VMware. Yeah. Uh, all of my counterparts, yeah. uh, the solution architects there knew VMware. And we were turning away Microsoft uh, centered engagements. So Hyper-V. Yeah eventually when storage spaces uh, came along, the, the Dell integrations in the system center. Yeah. Account teams would come to us and, and ask, you know, can you demonstrate these things? Can, can we do a proof concept? And everybody was turning them out. One day I just said, you know what? Heck with it. This is a big need. This yeah. is an opportunity for me to differentiate myself, do something yeah. you know, uh, that nobody else can. So yeah. I, just, I just dove in. I really like that um, perspective and attitude. Um, I think it's so important to, especially nowadays, right? With like so much, like so much 
different types of tech that you can get into. Like, I mean, I, I mean, the cloud world is like, you know, there are so many different areas that you can get into. And I do think, and I've, you know, I've spoke about this before that that ability to, to try new things, to dive in, to like step away from what you're comfortable with. Um, that is how I think you will continue to be successful in tech. Like, I think that is so needed these days. I feel like the um, age of the expert, whilst there's still absolutely a place for expertise and to be deep in on certain things, I think that more and more now we need people that are either generalists or have that ability to move about um, from different tech. So the fact that you sort of, you've seen that as an opportunity and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, competitiveness in there as well. Uh, you know, you were like, well, you know, everybody knows VMware. I'm going to try this other stuff and uh, uh, and then I'll become the, the Microsoft guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and, you know, I just layer on that, you know, you got to love it. Yeah. You know, if there's, one of the things, uh, you know, you, a passion for this, if you just in career as a whole, you got to find your passion. You yeah, got to yeah. find what you love. Um, what color is your parachute was a, a book that was, though I already knew that technology was where I belonged, that yeah. book, it's all about finding all the pockets of passion in your life uh -huh. and seeing if they all merge somewhere. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, like, what do I love to do in my personal life? Oh, I love to, you know, shoot pool, uh, bowl. I, I like movies, TVs, you know, certain things passionate about, or maybe you're woodworking or fishing or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then there's certain things about, um, what you do, not necessarily, um, you know, like specifics, like I like this widget or whatever, but th th to concentrate on the transferable skills. I love to present to others. I love to educate yep. um, others. I love, you know, that, that aha moment that others get when I'm making the complex simple. Find those transferable things and find out where they all meet, and then man, find that and go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? Um, th this is a good segue into our next section because so what we've heard from you is you're a born technologist, you love tech, you love to be deep in the weeds, technical, playing with um labs <laughs> and POCs and all this kind of stuff. And you are now in a technical marketing role. Yeah. So I need to, I want to, so obviously I have seen the stuff that you do because we both work in Azure Stack and it's super cool. But, and I want you to uh, talk a bit about that and share that because from everything that you've just said leading up to now, some people might think, so why on earth are you doing technical marketing? Um. And then just hearing you describe all your different areas of passion there, making the complex simple, uh, educating, presenting, et cetera, I'm like, 
that is literally you can see all of that come through in like your technical marketing um assets and what you do so tell us a little bit about how you then got into technical marketing and let's talk about what is technical marketing yeah absolutely well first let me so after solution center so this 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 super cool thing called azure stack came along yeah <laughs> and um you know when uh, the leader the, the original leader of the azure stack organization here at dell had announced you know building an organization around that man i was just all over that because I, I mean azure stack was kind of another one of those almost i don't think i'd ever been a as excited about a technology since going back to that virtualization. Yeah, VMware, yeah, yeah. VSX, it was like man, the possibility of bringing the full-blown Azure on a real public cloud, you know, the entire control plane and having your very own instance of that control plane on your premises under your control. It was just, that was just super exciting. I remember to, when I first heard about Azure Stack Hub, like I was my like a mind like I actually also think that's where um so I already working in an MSP um private clouds day center co-location networking etc I already somehow absolutely loved it I don't know why <laughs> but then Azure Stack came along and I was just like this is so cool and I remember going to an Azure Stack airlift in Seattle and it was so funny because it was just like so pretty much full of male engineers right Quite a lot of them being like, what? Is, I don't get this. I don't get the use case. What is it? Everyone was still very much like, I don't understand. And I was running about <laughs> at, like any point I could to explain like how I viewed it and how excited I was and, and um, what my version of uh, or of explaining what Azure Stack Hub was to people. Sorry, that absolutely did not make sense. I did a lot, I did a much better job when I was actually explaining it to people. But yeah, that that got me super, super excited. And actually, um, I forgot about this part of your story. And this is a funny part. So uh, tell us about how how excited you were. Um, so much so that how did you get into the Azure Stack team? <laughs> oh, well, actually, before I tell you that, though, I have... Yeah. Uh, a super fun fact uh, for you. I can't believe I never told you this, but this just uh, this just dawned on me as you said. You know, I was at the airlift. <gasps> no way. And we were in a meeting together. Oh yes. yes you, do you were. remember me from some meeting? So there was a, a I, really long table. Yep. <laughs> a really, really long. What, um, yeah, table. And all the Dell people were at the other side from me, next to the windows, I think. Yeah. Yep. And then it was me and Kenny. Was, uh, was it Kenny too? Yeah. I can, I, Kenny. I'm sorry, Kenny. You weren't as memorable as Lisa. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was... Um, I just remember what I remember about you. I don't, I don't remember... What we talked about, I don't remember anything else except uh, this young lady is like a kid in a candy store right now. You, yeah, I was so, I was honestly, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I remember that, yeah, vividly. And and so, 
Paul Galgen. Yes. I believe was in that meeting. No. Yes. Um, and and so he was the you know original uh, leader. He formed the Azure Stack Hub, what is now known as Hub uh, Team. Um, and I, I just remember being on the call when he was announcing the forming of this new organization. And I, I was just like, uh, I could not wait. I didn't want to send him an email because I didn't want like a little thing to pop up on his screen, <laughs> uh, just in case he didn't have two monitors to, saying, you know, I'm in, you know, <laughs> you know cause uh, I, at the solution center it's like, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we talked, I mean, if it wasn't that very day, it was the, the, you know, the very next day in the, in the later evening, as I remember. And I just said, man, what roles do you have? You know, I, I want in. Yeah. And, and, that, and that was great. And I got in uh, on the, what was known at that time as a CSE team, Corporate Solutions yeah. Engineering and, and um, helping with all the deployments of Hub uh, worldwide, enabling the uh, uh, services. Um, and that was great. And I spent a couple of years doing that. But then I said, what I really, the entire time, my passion was more, um, I, I want to um, get into the day two stuff. You know, right. how, how companies are using this to solve their business challenges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ongoing operations, what happens after deployments is what re more interested me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's when an opportunity came along with this technical marketing. To me, it, it just there it was a no brainer, especially when I um, spoke with my current manager, Connor. Hi, Connor. Um, you, you know, he, he explained it as this is technical marketing engineering. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I know there's all kinds of technical marketing. Out there. I, I'm sure it just runs the gamut. <clears throat> um, but when he explained, we, you know, this team is engineers. This is deep in the weeds, technical. You're going to be creating what I always want to do, the day two collateral. Yeah, yeah. White papers, videos, interactive demos, everything that would help a customer understand how they're going to use this thing to actually help them gain a competitive advantage in the market. And of course, you know, um, you know, be super, make it real. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to boil it down, I've got my notes over here. When I, when I browse over, I just can't keep everything in my brain these days. So I, I'm, I'm a big note taker. That's Making it. it real. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, that is so important because I, I don't think I've ever seen technical marketing until the stuff that you've done um, at Dell. Now, obviously it exists um, and it's out there and, you know, but I, I think in these days, it's so easy, and I think, you know, all company, companies probably fall foul of this, is just churning out collateral, um, very high-level stuff, you know, like almost selling the dream, especially when it comes to things like cloud. I mean, geez, yeah. um, you know, there's so much out there. Um, 
if anyone has anything they want to say or put out, they just tag on cloud and chuck it out there. Um, and I think the stuff that you do is exactly that. It makes it real. So it's like, okay, you're bought in to say clouds is a strategy or, you know, you've got that. But what does it act, what, when you get this thing in your data center and when you start consuming it and when you start operating it day to day and like, what does that look like? And what will it actually mean for your business and your, you know, your IT team and your engineers and the stuff that you do, even like even your white papers and things like that they're just like like when you say white paper these days everyone's like oh, oh a white paper but the stuff that you do is it's um what's the word i don't want to say real again um but it is uh, right it's like you like so deliberate like, deliberate yeah yeah it is um like you and your your preparedness for this and your note-taking um all that goes in, all that goes into what you do as well and it's really well thought out um and it's useful stuff I think that's the word I'm looking for like it's it's useful it's meaningful you know um and I'm a big fan of that big big fan so Okay, so Connor, and, and to your point there too, it just <clears throat> uh, what I, what I will say, uh, sort of my mantra is, I refuse to contribute to the noise. Oh yes. So to me, unless unless it's a sub unique substance, <laughs> you know, I think I'm truly bringing something. A value. I just don't want to do it. And some, some might say, ah, I, I, I need, I need to follow your lead and get more involved in the in the community um, and and stuff. But I, I think right. part of my hesitation sometimes is, well, I have nothing to say right now. <laughs> you know, talk to me in two months when I, you know, had a chance to think about this and and try it out in the lab. I, I don't like to talk. Uh, from a position of uh, just a cursory knowledge of something. It, yeah. I, I need to know that I know that I know that, yeah. that I know that I'm what I'm talking about before I want to. But I mean, you there's some you know, folks in the community, I'm jealous because there's folks that you rub shoulders with, you know, that are just, they seem to be able to pump out super high quality valuable stuff and I get jealous because it's like man it would take me months to do that you know um yeah I hear you you want to talk from first-hand experience um and you know what it's fun it's funny so I always say I'm a non-techie in tech right because I'm and I've had a few people now on the podcast say you know you're far more techie than than you mm -hmm. uh but at the end of the day, I'm not technical as in I do not get hands-on with, you know, the tech stuff. That said, um, I when I started in tech and working at an MSP, um, the CEO, sales team, and everyone were like, oh, wait, Lisa, we need to get you in front of customers. So that was like one of the first things they were just like, we need to get you in front of customers. And... I do I similar to yourself do not feel comfortable talking about stuff that I don't fully understand so whilst I sometimes look at some salespeople and I'm like 
wow <laughs> like how are you I mean good and bad right <laughs> sometimes you're just like right. wow you actually sound like you know what you're talking about and you know they don't have a clue and then the other half is like you sound like you do not know what you're talking about <laughs> but um I just never had that confidence so that is why I put so much time and effort into actually understanding what I was talking about that's why I, you know, ask people to sit in a meeting room with me and whiteboard. I was like, you know, some engineers used to say to me, this is too technical for you. You don't need to understand this. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, yeah. Even when I was project managing, right? I was like, no, I, I want to understand what you do, like the steps that you take, you know, what do you do first? What do you do next? Because that will help me. It will help me manage the project. It will help me, which a, a, a project manager should do as well, is sort of protect your resources. So if I know what you're doing and what you're doing next, et cetera, and how it all interlinks or what you're dependent on or you need from the customer, et cetera, I can help with all that. Some people just didn't get it. Some people did get it. Um, and they spent mm. time with me. And I was like, look, they, they were like, you know, what do you want to know, basically? And I'm like, start from the bottom. And we're like, compute, storage, networking, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I, I, that is what I want to do. I, I want to understand what I'm talking about. Um, so whilst it's, it's not, it's similar to you, it's not exactly the same because you, you, you could produce so much, you could, you should be part of the community, first of all, Mike, because. I know, I, I feel so guilty. Because do you know what? You are an absolute, like, you are exactly what the community needs. Um, the way you explain things, you're patient, you care about educating people, um, you, you can tell that you want to help whoever you're talking to understand something better or get the most out of something. And that is absolutely what the community needs. Um, and you don't need to be, like, pumping out quality content all the time. Uh, that's what I realized so when I kicked off the podcast this is funny I, at the beginning of the year I was like right I want to get more involved with the community and then COVID hit and we went into lockdown and when I was thinking about this I was like I don't know if I have anything to say <laughs> pure laughter <laughs> because I clearly have a lot to say um, whether it's of quality or not is sometimes a bit hit and miss um, but you know, I was like, I don't know if I have anything to say. People were like, if you're going to start a blog, stick to a niche, etc. I was like, that's not me. Like, I don't want to stick to a niche. And so I just started. And, you know, podcasting has taken off. Blogging, I've not done as much of. And I do want to do more of that because even from just a personal perspective, I know that writing or getting better at writing helps you in communication all around anyway um so I do want to do to do more of that but I think what I realized this year is the community the industry needs people to contribute and say um whatever it is they have to say right because it's it's such a huge Tech is so huge in the world right now and will be such a big part of our futures. 
And at the end of the day, it's made by humans for humans. And I don't think that we will reach its potential or, you know, it, there is the potential for us to, for it to um, not be used in the best way if we forget that part, the, the fact that humans are so important. And then that's why I think, like, regardless if you think you have a lot to say, nothing to say, uh, don't have stuff to say regularly enough, um, definitely just put, get yourself out there and get involved. And that is my soapbox moment over with. <laughs> hey, I, ju- I mean, I just want to say, you know, I mean, you, you've been, you know, a, a real source of inspiration for, for me and many, you know, with what you've done now, you know, for a guy like myself, what I'm going to do in front of the whole world is commit uh, to being better. I I don't know about a smart goal at the moment, but uh, being better with community involvement and uh, as a new year's resolution, um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to schedule a regular call with you next year uh, to, um, you know, uh, you, you can be my community mentor. How about yeah. that? Oh, I would love I, that. Uh, oh, I love so that. We're, do you know what? This is, um, so apt. It's the last episode. We're setting new year's, uh, goals. Oh. Um, if anyone else has any new year goals and <laughs> wants to, um, put themselves out there and commit, add them in the comments and, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll reply um and share your goals with us um that sounds awesome and you know what mike um i think we should do that next year and if we want to do more technical sessions as well like i'd love that because it's really funny i really like watching people do technical things Mm. it's really funny like when i was younger i used to really like watching my brother play computer games Mm. it's a very weird thing but I, i um you know, people are like, oh, why are you attending that call? Or why, why do you watch that session if you're not technical? But that is how you gain perspective of the people that you're working with. Like, what do they what do they do day to day? Like, you know, how do they work? Um, and yeah, I love doing that. So we should definitely do that. I, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. Oh, this is exciting. This is <laughs> exciting. Okay, so talk to me. So makes sense now, right? Super super technical, born technologist, moves to tech marketing, but it is really, it's proper engineering work, really technical engineering. And then you just basically, the marketing part of it is sharing the information, right? So take us through a few things that you've been doing in your role um, in terms of some stuff that you've been producing um, and how, how you go about that. Yeah, so I mean, uh, so I guess the, 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 few things I'll highlight here, what white papers, interactive demos, uh, and videos. Uh, I mean, so the white paper, uh, I, I, I recently did a, a white paper uh, about comparing uh, life cycle management, uh, applying um, the uh, BIOS firmware and driver updates to a uh, a Windows Server HCI cluster uh, and comparing doing that manually uh-huh. to doing it in an automated fashion using the um, our Open Manage integration extension into Windows Admin Center. And um, 
yeah, I thought that was that was you know a a, a, a deliverable of mine that you know, product management wanted to see. I was somewhat interested at first, uh-huh. um, but my enthusiasm grew as I start started to dig into it some more. Um, you know, we had a certain you know problem that we were trying. The, the problem we're trying to solve is. Um, administrators and engineers who avoid life cycle management activities because of all the potential for human error and the yep. time it takes, yep. um, you know, potential catastrophes that face you, <laughs> you know, and it's the, time you know, consuming and it's risky, right? It time consuming and risky, very, very well put. And so, um, sorry, that, that automation is key here. Uh, for doing this on a regular basis. Um, uh, and so I, I, we have the, the problem statement. There were certain claims I wanted to get. What I really wanted to hone in on is, okay, automated versus manual. How many steps is this going to save? Mm -hmm. uh, how many, how much, uh, you know, the IT administrator, there is attended time and unattended time. Yeah. You know, there's the, they're sitting there clicking. They have to, they have to be thinking, and uh, you know they're, in, they're 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 actually performing some some sort of tasks. And then mm -hmm. there's the you know the unattended time where it's just they're watching the yeah uh, you know watching the 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 clock um, as the updates are are churning. Yeah. So I wanted to see how much attended time is saved, um, and then if if the overall maintenance window would would shrink. And yeah. so I kind of had my idea of, okay, what are these claims? What are the proof points? What, you know, yeah. that I wanted to, um, uh, to get out there or to test. Um, yeah. And then just started a real scientific method. You know, okay, if I'm going to compare apples to apples, I have to have the exact same cluster. I'm following the procedures that our engineering set forth in our deployment guide. Luckily, there were procedures for both the manual and the automated. Oh, okay. And so I just laid out all those steps on both sides, making sure I'm doing you know the same exact thing uh, for so the, for this uh, so this is apples to apples, and uh, set up the test lab and went through the, um, the the testing, and I mean it was just as you you know I, I think you could tell you know based on how I tick, you know, I really got into it. This yeah. is, this is super cool. And yeah. then I, I found these amazing. So on the lower end of the spectrum, I, I found 82% fewer steps, 90% uh, less focused attention from the IT administrator to do it, you know, the automated way versus manual. And a 40% uh, shrinkage of the, of the maintenance window, the total time that this would require from end to end. And I, I was like, these numbers are too good. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. as I extrapolated, this was just on a four node cluster. When I extrapolated this out to a 16 node cluster, those numbers changed to 95% fewer steps and 97% um, reduced amount of focused attention. Wow. And of course, 
my counterparts and product management were like, you know, we want to use those larger numbers. I don't use those. Those are, they, they sound ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was all scientifically proven. And, and yeah. I know when you were talking about, you know, kind of preparing for this session and stuff, I was just like, anybody, I challenge anybody read the white paper. Yeah. Um, we'll put a link to it. And I yeah. mean, I will stand up, stand up behind those numbers yeah. um, to anybody. I, it, it was, it was great to, when it was all said and done um, to be able to say, these numbers are absolutely amazing, but you know how like you see hero numbers all the time. Yeah. Oh, you know, 90% better, you know, yeah. 80% less ever, you know, all these things. Yeah. And most there's kind of the eye roll. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but I was like, I'll stand behind these numbers, man. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll bet my life on these numbers. But then you've got the, you've got the detail behind it, right? That like back to our little phrase, making it real. So, you know, we say all the time, um, our life cycle management is, uh, for our HCI products is amazing. Saves you all this time, everything. Now that's great. But what you've done with that white paper is, you know, whether you use the, the percentages or not, you could delve in and be like, look, it took me this number of hours and minutes. And then it took me this, like, it only took me, you know, le less than whatever. There, that did not make sense. I'm trying to, like, use my hands. We follow you. <laughs> I'm using my hands to, like, like, to do, like, big and then small. And then I'm trying to, yeah, and then I try to talk about um, hours. But do you know what I mean? So you can you can yep. back those percentages because, yeah, they sound like hero numbers and you're like, oh, yeah. But actually, in your white paper, you can be like, look, 82, you know, steps or, you know, versus like 18. And, and it makes it real. And I think that's that's important because um, people want to know how these types of things will actually impact their day-to-day -day job. Um, and for, for better or worse, how, how, and what does that mean for them? What can they do with that extra time? You know, all those kind of stuff, uh, that kind of stuff. So um, I, I love that, that you said at the beginning, you were like, mm, yeah, okay, I'll do a white paper on this. And then you were like, right. <laughs> I want to make, what kind of claims do I want to, to make here and how am I going to prove them? And then you got right into it. Um, and I, yeah, I, I mean, one cycle management, I mean, was, you have to come from an administration background, I think, to appreciate yeah. automated versus manual. And I do. And I remember updates were the bane of my existence. And I was, a, I, I, I was in plenty of environments where it's like, can we just push off these updates for as long as humanly possible? I don't want to deal with it. I, yeah. You know, yeah. just, you know, too risky. And, you know, you got to do it in, in odd, odd, odd hour. Hey, yeah, you know, come in. Just what I want to do, come in on Sunday at 3 a.m. and, uh, you know, uh, kick off um, updates and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it has to be done because, yeah. you know, I spent, oh man, with the security, uh, yeah. the, uh, 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 the security vulnerabilities out there today and what's on the line, we can't afford not to perform yeah. lifecycle management activities and, and apply the appropriate patches because we, we just can't afford to not. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, so um, uh, 
the next, the interactive demo. So that was an example of a white paper, interactive demos. I get to get into a lab environment and actually click by click. This is precisely how I'm going to do this or that activity. What's, what's neat about, uh, you can go to our Dell Technologies uh, demo center site. There's a, the, ha- the whole hands-on experience, I look at it, there's different levels of hands-on based uh, uh, depending on where you are in, I'll use a marketing term here, uh, based on where you are in the buyer's journey, yes. right? So, yeah. you know, the, the technologist that is just starting their research, you know, they, they, I can watch a video or yeah. read a white. Then they say, you know, I, re- I got to see this in action, man. How does yeah. this actually look? How do I actually perform some of these activities? That's where the interactive demo is great because it's guided. You, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're guided where you're going to go. So you see what success looks like. Um, yeah. Then from there, you might say, all right, this is great, but get me out of a canned environment, you know, um, because I need, I want to break it. Yeah. I wanna break it and fix it. And that's where we have our solution set to those hands-on labs in the demo center. And then there's the solution centers um, where, you know, it's a real, real gear. You can come touch and feel. You, you could touch and feel pre-COVID. Yeah. Right. Come into the centers and see the gear that you're actually going to be performing uh, the uh, testing on. And, and then if you want to take it, you know, the only thing left after that is I need the gear on my premises. Yeah. So I can integrate with my network and my other applications. Um, so where I've been focusing on uh, is sort of that interactive demo. Yeah. The guided uh, uh, can stuff. Um, so that's great. But then videos, I think video is what I'm really getting into these days. Oh, man, I, 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 I got to shout out my colleague. Hi, Heather, Heather Morgan. I'm yeah. incredible, uh, you know, with uh, Adobe, uh, with the Adobe suite and just uh, her illustration skills, animation skills. Um, we I just she's on my team. We, we've been working together for the last year. It's just been great. So I don't know why I just, you know, I got the whole green screen, man, and all this, like my office, I mean, looks like a TV studio. Um, Went sort of the whole nine yards, went all in with um, creating videos. And that's just been a blast. Um, Yeah, you two two have been a dream team creating videos. It's been so much fun. And I mean, the, the, the process is, is essentially what, what I do, you know, I create a storyboard and all my narration, I mean, word for word, exactly what I want to say that, 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 um, that approach isn't right mm-hmm. for everybody. And some people are more, uh, they are more natural and, and comfortable just winging it. Yeah. I, I like to be scripted out. And um, so then I run that by product management, product marketing and others to make sure that everybody's on board. I'm getting, the other thing I didn't mention about tech marketing, it's really all about showcasing the unique and differentiated capabilities that your organization brings to the table. 
So that's the part of sort of getting the messaging right. Yeah. Uh, to and, and and that's been fun uh, to uh, to learn about those things. And so you know, get the storyboard, get all the messaging approved and everything, and then you know, getting it filmed, getting into the lab. I I do stuff with Camtasia and OBS, mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of do my part, take it as far as I can take it, and then hand it over to Heather to just uh, you know make it amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know these these are. Uh hands-on demos and video, um, especially because of COVID right now, um, are actually so important. I think video in it itself, um, video content is on the rise. People are um, really loving video (laughs) these days. Um, And I think that definitely just now because of COVID, but I think we'll see this, this will remain now. I think having those like hands-on demos and videos, et cetera, it's really important to have that content. It's really important to have all the different types of content covered, right? Because like you say, people on different stages of their buyer journey, but also people learn and consume content in different ways. Not everyone likes to read a white paper. Not everyone likes to watch a video. More people, you know, some people like to get hands-on and you really do need to be catering to to all of those types of people. Again, the human element of it is, um, yeah. yeah, it's tech what you're doing, but you know, a human's going to buy it, a human's going to use it. Um, so making sure that you you communicate um, with everyone um, about those unique benefits and making it real. I love that. That's right. Every, everybody. Oh my God. That's... Idea. Michael Mia making it real. That is what your um that my brand that's blog or your your YouTube or your content or whatever it's gonna gonna be called. I need I'm gonna do a t-shirt on that one. I mean not to get too far ahead of myself, but no, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I love. Yeah. Um we are at a solid hour. If anybody's still listening, I want to applaud them. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? My guests always ask me, um, so when I was just recording them, when I wasn't putting them on YouTube, um, they were always about an hour and or over. And um, I thought, you know, when I put them on YouTube, I'll probably need to try and keep them a bit shorter. I had in my head, maybe 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes. And then I was like, oh, well, just try and keep it within the hour. But I never like to, I mean, we obviously prepped a little bit from this and we've got notes, but I never, if we're having like a great conversation, like I never want to shut it down. Um, but you're right. We have been at the solid hour and you're actually, you're on annual leave, right? I am. Yeah. So Done I, for uh, rest this was a great, this is, uh, you know, from a, from a business technical perspective, I'm wrapping up the year with yeah. this so it's just a thrilling way to wrap up the year i'll tell you <laughs> yeah i i was i've been looking forward to this episode for ages um <laughs> so we, okay we, let's wrap it up and also i love that yep. like wrap up like a little gift and we can give it yep. time at least that at the edge of yours um let's talk a little bit about a 
video that will be coming in the new year. Um, yep. So talking about making the complex simple, making it real, um, helping to uh, not add to the noise, but clarify some of the noise. Um, this, what, what week are we on? Last week, it was last week. They're all merging. Yeah, I'm losing track too. <laughs> They're all merging into one. Uh, last week, Microsoft announced the um, Azure Stack HCI OS went GA. Uh, Dell, we announced our uh, new Azure Stack HCI um, integrated. Uh, probably have not used the right words there. You can tell integrated me system. Yes, exactly, exactly. We have to be on message. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm the brand police. Yes. Watch yourself. Yes, exactly. Um, you can keep me right though, Mike. Uh, but yeah, so that that is all super exciting, right? But it is definitely has caused some confusion. I mean, episode twenty that I did after Microsoft Inspire is my most listened to episode, where I got on mm -hmm. a bunch of experts to answer questions about Azure Stack HCI. Um, because it's definitely everyone's like, what? What's this now? <laughs> We're just this bit, etc. Um, and you're going to cover that in the new year, right? Yeah. So I I got one of your uh, illustrious team members, Mr. Michael Wells, yep. to join, and um, we're going to uh, clarify a couple things. We're what we're really going to hone in on. It's we're we're trying to get specific. You know, we're we're going into what is this? We talk about this. Uh, entirely new purpose-built Azure Stack HCI operating system. Yeah. Okay. So it's a new, it's not general purpose. It's a brand new operating system that is uh, focused on uh, delivering the, the very best HCI experience. Yeah. So how does that differ from Windows Server? And I know that podcast, your episode 20, they dug into a lot of that. But what this new video that Michael and I are going to get into, I really want to make, make mention, you know, some people say, wait a minute, Azure Stack HCI, that was already on the market. Yeah. So what was that thing before? And yeah. what's this new thing, right? So there's yeah. two things. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and so from the Dell Technologies perspective, we're going to have two offerings out there in the market. So yeah. we refer to them collectively as Microsoft HCI solutions from Dell Technologies. Mm -hmm. And what is and has been on the truck, we yep. refer to as Dell EMC HCI solutions for Microsoft Windows Server, or if you want to shorten that, Windows Server HCI. Yeah. And then the what's brand new that we are going to RTS and uh, offer uh, to the public in February is Dell EMC integrated system for Microsoft Azure Stack HCI. So we want to we want to compare and contrast these. We yeah. set up the little. We did some um, some virtual whiteboarding together um, and to just kind of clarify this whole thing. So we're excited now. The only the only thing about it is um, there's no. Uh, um, dem demos. I, 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 I really hesitated to put out a, a video without demo. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta see it. There's whiteboarding and it, it's technical, <laughs> uh, but um, all I'll say is 
that that will then uh, having that foundation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody can watch that first to get very clear on what we have and what this new thing is uh, yeah. and, and, and how, its value proposition and, and how it's going to help them win in the market. And then there, I've got planned addition, uh, new white papers, um, yeah. demos and um, videos that'll get right into new, new, new features, functionality, demonstrating those and such. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I am going to send everyone to that video. I, like oh. that is, it's needed. It's you and Michael uh, will be great. Dream, absolute dream team right there. Do you know what? I love Michael. He is so, um, again, he's another person who is so patient and so great at explaining things. He really, really is. Um, He's uh, we're, we're going to need. I think it should be myself and Michael being mentored by you uh, next year. Uh, what do you say? I, I put out the challenge yeah. to Michael right here yeah. and now. What do you say? You know, getting getting all into the community next year. What do you say? Yes, Michael, challenge <laughs> is the challenge accepted. You've got to let us know. But I think that is a great idea because you two honestly are so good at that kind of thing. Um, so you can you can be the the dream teams, the mics making it real. You can have passion on the back of your t-shirt. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm already like envisioning it. Eminem, Eminem, making it real. Yes, yes. Oh, I, honestly, I, I can see your brand like building out in my head. Like I'm super excited. Uh, but no, that I can't wait for that video. I think that's going to be so useful. I'm going to send everyone to it to get them to watch it. I'm going to be like, you want to talk about Azure Stack HCI? You've got some questions. Before we get into it, watch this video. Oh, <laughs> um, love it. Thanks for the I, amplification. That's what and we also um, want to show everybody the info. We'll, we'll get a link to the yeah. info hub site where you know all, all my stuff is. And yeah, hey, I just I'm I'm always up for feedback. Anybody you know, go out, see some of that stuff. You got any suggestions for me, how I can make things better? Oh, please let me know. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put the links um, in the description. So the white paper and the demos and the videos. Uh, yeah. And if you, if you've got any feedback for either of us or Mike, reach out to him. Are you on social media? I am. I'm on uh, Twitter, Evolving Techie. Oh, Evolving. yes, you are. Evolving underscore techie um yes and then that that and uh, linkedin of course anybody yeah. uh, can find me those are the two primary ones at the moment awesome uh well thank you so much for taking the time out of your day off and coming on the show this has been an awesome episode to end the year um i'm super hyped about your goals for 2021 and the commitments made on the show and hope everybody else is uh, thinking about what they want to achieve in 2021 as well. So thanks for coming on. It's been awesome. Thank you, Lisa. This has been phenomenal. I really enjoyed this. And thanks. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're, my, you're my community hero. Uh, oh, cool. So uh, yeah, I, if I can get anywhere near uh, closer to you in the new year, that, uh, that'll be a real, uh, 
boon for me. So uh, thanks. Me, this has been awesome. Thanks for having me. You're making me emotional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas when it comes and have a happy new year. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Lisa at the Edge. If you like my content and you want to show some support, please check out my Patreon or buy me a coffee. The links are in the description below. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.